0: We just want to party gentlemen welcome to data beat eight dollars a podcast aka the black awareness rally of podcast you could be rocking with anybody else in the world right now but you are here with us and for that we do appreciate you your man Pledge, alongside my main man b what up y'all and we welcome all of you guys to the conversation what's going on b No man cold chilling laughing at the rabbit villains hey man before we get into the show yeah I have to say that we lost a loyal listener this week to the you show. i said before we get into things, I just want to let y'all know that we lost a loyal listener to the show this week. What happened? Hey man, your boy's been blocked from everything. Your boy's been <laughs> blocked from he's been blocked from Google. He's been blocked from Spotify. He's been blocked on you from YouTube. He's been blocked from Facebook every platform that that'd be eight dollars is on <laughs> your boy 45 has been blocked on it, so he can't get to us no more so i'm sorry 45 we weren't the ones who blocked you i'm saying we want you to hear this to. we want we want we want this word to get out to you i'm nah, saying
1: you uh.
0: we want this word to get out to you but they blocked me from everything you so, had
1: me think somebody died man
0: so unfortunately um, the Be $8 podcast family oh, has lost man. a loyal listener. i tell you the one thing he wasn't blocked from, though. He What's was that? blocked from every other platform. The one platform he can still go on, though. What? The Planet! He can still go on Black <laughs> Planet, <dog. laughs> We ain't No. Black Planet, we show love to anybody. You know what I'm saying? So maybe hey, we can get... Uh, maybe B could add the show to Black Planet. Uh, your boy forty five can still get access to the show that way, um, you know. But Listen, it's unfortunate that we did lose a listener because, uh you can't do a Google search no more. In twenty twenty one, might as well go ahead and hang it up. Like, <laughs> might as well uh,
1: kill yourself. Remember that. <laughs> ha
0: ha ha! Kill yourself. on me. <laughs> <laughs>
1: We got to bring that back. I wonder if anybody else knows no. about that.
0: So, no, man. Now, Google search. Homie. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I figured that'd be a fun way to uh, kick this show off.
1: Uh, you know, you know, dog. Old boy got to just be livid right now, dog. Like, he just. He uh, came. F-
0: well, he can not walk around with flip phone. Huh? None of, the, none of the app on your phone
1: Duh. Duh. Every one of them, duh, you, the only apps you got on your phone. You know, who got them one of the uh, them phones where it just be like minimized just for certain video. I mean, certain apps. Yeah. Duh. I'm like, yo, they banned him on Pinterest,
0: yeah. I mean, Shopify, Spotify, House, and he can't even go to Pinterest to get decorating ideas for his new crib.
1: He can't, bro. He, he, SOL, right SOL. Yeah. They told Buddy he can't do nothing.
0: The plan is still recession,
1: though. uh, It's got to be a bad feeling, bro. It's got to be a bad feeling. They say he was in the White House spazzing out because he couldn't tweet. Yeah. I know uh, the internet was having. Huh? What'd you say? uh,
0: The the right. uh, I said apparently the the right, they already have this underground like social media platform.
1: Oh, they took that down too. That's well they the ain't, they didn't take it down. The uh all the app platforms the took it down. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. Amazon. And y'all got Amazon to take you down. Amazon, Google, and uh Apple took all the stuff down. If anybody don't know what we're talking about, we're talking about uh, how Donald Trump has been banned from all social media platforms.
0: Every platform that this podcast is, is yeah, is
1: on. and including Google, uh, Google search, it's just just a hell of a day, man. I just love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Uh, it's gonna be a good yeah, this, show today, man. This uh, is
0: probably a deeper discussion, but I mean, should people be censored or taken away? Should should people's First Amendment rights be revoked.
1: This ain't got nothing to do with First Amendment rights.
0: I'm just saying, but do you, I mean,
1: That's, I, I think his First, that First Amendment what, rights were what, not what affected.
0: Wednesday, the fact that you can spew um, information and then people interpret it in a certain way and people act on that information, I think that is 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 a valid reason to take away his, but do you think that these tech companies have the right to say whose voice and uh, whose voice?
1: Yes. Just like businesses got the right to refuse your service if you don't come in there with shirts, shoes, and pants on. I Same gotcha. concept. You can say whatever you want in the street. That's yeah. That's what First Amendment rights allow you to do. You can stand up wherever it's you want to stand up. To be,
0: They just allow you not to be uh, arrested for what you got to say. Yeah, that that's doesn't mean it. that you're not... You can get
1: sued to too now. You can be held liable. You can be taken to court. All of that stuff. You can do all that. You can stand up. So the Trump could say it and do whatever he wants. He just got to stand outside the middle of the street on the soapbox and hope people come and listen. I got you. So, uh, no, nah, I man, this ain't got nothing to do with no First Amendment rights. And what hurt my heart, man, is one of my favorite lady faces, Carrie Hilson, went on uh, Instagram this week and was talking about how uh, we need to be careful and celebrating. Uh, Trump being removed from Twitter because if we think about it, it's a First Amendment right being violated. But if somebody you like, I was like, no, I didn't know you were stupid, because <laughs> that is the absolute wrongest take you could possibly have in this situation. See what Gerald talking about? Uh, yeah, man, go ahead, real quick, real quick, real quick. Do your uh. Black Awareness Rally, and I forgot to bring my notes. I'll be right back.
0: Okay. All right. I am going to start my Black Awareness Rally with the Miss Black Awareness Rally Pageant of the Week. And my winner is Miss Bianca Smith, who was hired by the uh, Boston Red Sox MLB organization to be the head coach of their minor league uh, system. She is the first... She's the first female coach, but also the first black female coach to be hired um, to be the manager of a MLB uh, team. So shout out to uh, Miss Bianca Smith and the Boston Red Sox for hiring her. Um, I think it's a big story, not just of her getting hired, but where they got hired. Boston is racist as hell. (laughs) Is a town historically that um, has had a lot of clashes with race. Um, So. Um, a lot of players that have played um in all three of the uh, Boston organizations, whether it be um, the Boston Celtics, the uh, Boston Red Sox, or the New England Patriots, have you know had had claims of how they were treated by fans, um, you know, while playing in Boston and being a part of Boston and kind of the the attitude that that city takes towards um, outsiders. And um, so I think it's major that they were the first ones to step up and offer, um, you know, this 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 young lady a um, position. So shout outs to Miss Bianca Smith, um, you know, being a uh, thing they call them managers in the MLB organization of the Red Sox. So
1: Hey, you on Facebook. Can you see the video? Yeah. You can you can hear it. Um, uh, let me turn it up. Oh, never mind. It's on the Block in Canada. Alright, cool, 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 cool. Yeah, we got Block in Canada. Welcome. Alright. But uh yeah, if you you guys are uh on Facebook in Canada and can't can't see it, you'll be able to see it in a uh few hours. Appreciate it, Waleed. Facebook be tripping, man. You can't play no audio. They're getting as bad as uh YouTube now. But whatever. I mean, that's that's actually really impressive because when I saw that, I was like, what? Because Kendra just hinted on it. I don't think of baseball as being all that progressive, and especially Boston. So, uh, yeah, man. Oh, no. Oh, no. I'm shocked. Uh, I did see some information about. Uh, Some similar things happening this week, and I don't have them written down, so I'm going to share this video uh, yo is it me or does Facebook make everything like increasingly hard to do stuff now? Is that Am I tripping? All these new app no, updates I mean and I, wouldn't, I mean you
0: I mean in full transparency, you carry a hundred percent of the weight when it comes to production of this show. Um <laughs> so I'm not my <laughs>
1: sharing the video man i went I went to my producer so
0: so you know thankfully you know uh, uh you you hold that down so I don't get into the,
1: the to the weeds, stuff. the minutia,
0: yeah
1: of it so yeah man, I'm getting nowhere all right, let me get to it so now shout out shout out to the uh the wonderful sister that was able to break that. I wanted I wanted to break from our traditional segment or uh a traditional format for the Black Awareness Rally map package. Uh on this day in history, we had a civil rights activist murdered. Uh that's who was being referred to in the uh opening audio. Uh Vernon Dahmer was an African American voting rights activist in Hattiesburg, Mississippi who on this day, 1966, lost his life to a firebombing of his home um, by the KKK. Surprise. Uh, But uh, he was a wealthy, you know, comparatively wealthy African-American business owner. Um, He was a farmer. And the day before he lost his life, he went on the radio January 9th, 1966, and said, hey, if any black person needs They poll tax covered I got y'all And then the very next day They came to his house And firebombed it In the middle of the night Um He was defending his family's home With gun Fire But they firebombed it And they had a Squadron of cats out there Just shooting shotguns Into the home While he was standing at the doorway Trying to make sure his kids and wife Got out the house safely through the back And it was just tragic what year was this again? 66. 66. 66. So, uh, I don't want and that to see be...
0: we're not too far removed um, from events like that right, happening.
1: Right, 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 right. Now, we ain't been removed at all. And that's what the show is going to yeah. be about. I mean, just like the song was saying in the background of the interview, this is America. This ain't nothing else. This ain't no aberration. This isn't it. You could call it an inflection point, but... This is not an anomaly. This is not an outlier. This is par for the course, especially around niggas winning elections in any way, shape, or form. So, uh, I mean, rest in peace, Vernon Dahmer. Uh, Vernon, V-E-R-N-O-N. Dahmer, D E A. I'm Excuse me, D-A-H-M-E-R. So, if you guys are interested in looking that up, that is uh, my Black Awareness Pageant nomination for the day. Gotcha. K- kind of bleak, but
0: just hey man in, in, uh, in a similar tone, um, I want to kind of use that for my sports and entertainment um, segment. Right. Um, I I know that we started the show, you know, with a joke or whatever, but uh, we did lose um, one of the true OGs in know basketball, um, Mr. Earl Graham. Oh um, wow! Due to COVID complications, um, really? Kind of tell a quick story of how I met Mr. Graham, I was, uh, one of my dad's very good friends was the head coach of Valencia community college. Mm-hmm. And I was one of the water players, um, at, you know, when they were, when they were playing when I was young and during halftime when it was like, nobody there cause it's the holidays or whatever. And I was on the court shooting, mm-hmm. um, shooting, you know, just shooting basketball, in that thing fly. I think I was in fourth or fifth grade. Yeah. And, um, you know, due to this, due to this, um, Magnetize, you know, magnetizing jump shot that I got. Um, A coach by the name of Mr. Earl Graham came on the court and said, Young man, is your father here or your parents here? And I was like, Yeah, my dad's over there at the scores table. And um, at that time, Coach Graham talked to my dad about joining his AAU program. And um, I was a part of that program, uh, Force Orlando, for about, I want to say about five years or so. Um, you know, we, you know, won a state champion, a state AAU championship. (laughs) Um, I got the opportunity to, you know, fly the first time I was on a plane, we flew out to Utah to participate in an AAU national tournament. Um, you know, we played in two other national tournaments and all because of Mr. Graham's program uh that he created and it wasn't just um our team but i mean he had teams at different age age right. levels um that you know that he built and even to this day he was an um assistant coach at my alma mater um Apopka high school he was an assistant coach there but um you know unfortunately uh you know mr graham lost his life earlier this week um due to due to covid complications and um i just want to kind of to mention him because he was influential in my um, basketball endeavors. It kind of kickstarted um, me playing at a high level, um, you know, and, and giving me an opportunity to be a part of his organization. Um, he was a friend of the family. Um, you know, my, my, both of my parents know him well. Mm-hmm. And the last time that I was able to back with him was a couple of years ago, about three, four years ago at the, um, the state championship over in Lakeland um, where all the high school teams come together at the end of the year. Yeah. And, um, I don't know, man, it was like being around the Godfather. I mean, you had yeah. all these coaches, I mean, he was just sitting down. He had all these coaches that were just coming, you know, to speak to him and show him his respects and, and, you know, and, you know, share old, uh, you know, war stories with them. So, um, you know, as I say, he was a lot of people in the Orlando area know him, um, as, you know, one of the OGs of, of kind of the um of the youth basketball movement in Orlando. Um he's been at it for probably 30 something years, 30, 40 years maybe. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So I want to give a shout out to uh Mr. Earl Graham. Um, you know, influential part of my basketball um life. And you know, and you know, he was a coach and I, I volunteer coach to this day because of uh people like him that were influence on me.
1: Respect the elders yeah respect respect we call them the ancestors when you're talking to uh some of us that are more ancient african spirit minded spiritually minded yeah um uh, in the church we call them the elders in the hood we call them the ogs um yeah in rap we call them big bros so man respect 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 um uh, and look at how uh you know, his light spark your light and will ultimately be passed on to other kids and generations. So Yeah. Um, and that's
0: the thing about when you give people opportunities to do things that they to 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 expand their horizons. Right. You know, I never thought um about playing AU or you know, yeah. traveling, you know, <clears throat> across the country to play in a basketball tournament. That wasn't something that was on my radar. But this man through his organization gave me opportunities to do that and it and it expanded um you know, my view on things. Sure. He was the reason why I took my first plane ride. Um, you know, so, um, you know, that's the lesson to be learned is that you never know how the opportunities that you afford other people will impact their lives. Very true. And so, um, you know, we, I think it's imperative to us to find ways to, um, you know, to afford other people opportunities, the same way he's done for, I'm pretty sure, hundreds of,
1: or thousands of, of young men um do the game of basketball so yeah <clears throat> man shouts out uh all right for my sports and entertainment segment I'm um, put a little spin on it I'm just kind of remixing all over the place today but okay. uh Michelle Obama put out a pointed statement saying that she's calling on Silicon Valley and any tech company that wants to be involved to ban the monster that is Donald Trump. And magically after that statement um, to the the validity of the joke we were starting to show off with, everybody started banning Trump. So Shopify, Spotify, Pinterest, uh, Twitter, Facebook. Well, I don't, I don't, was Facebook on that picture?
0: Yeah, I think so. I think
1: Facebook loved Trump. But anyway, another, another segment. Um, Instagram, I don't think he was on the ground, but he was. I think he was banned. Uh, Google search, <laughs> like they they were uh, removing this cat now. Uh, you know, it, I guess it's good so that history can remember that he was removed, and that it can show that people stood up to him. Um, you know, we can go back and forth whether it was too late or too little, but. Hey, man, Michelle Obama used the platform. She said, hey, we got to take this cat down. And uh, again, I don't know if the companies was listening to her solely, but they they followed suit after that. uh, Statement she released on the platform was issued. So,
0: yeah, and I kind of want to add something to that because they they um, President uh, Barack Obama, he did a lot of interviews to promote his book. And in a few of those interviews, they asked him why he had been as outspoken about mm-hmm. um, 45 as, you know, as people wanted him to be. Mm-hmm. And um, I didn't know this, but I guess there's like an unwritten rule that uh, former presidents don't bash current presidents. Mm. And um, and that was his, like, that was his rationale around, like, not really um, being outspoken about some of the things that he said. And I guess <clears throat> now that He is the outgoing president that the um, Obama family can be a little bit more um, outspoken about a lot of the things that they don't like about him, Yeah, but I don't know if it was a justification or just a, you know, a a convenient excuse um, that Obama used for not being spoken out. but that was one of the things that kind of came out um, in interviews that he's been um, conducting to promote his book.
1: Well... That okay, that makes sense. You don't want to you don't want to get out of line with the corn, although uh the president is out of line with the corn and whatnot. But again, man That's a half as black, twice as nice thing, um, or twice as good, which is a uh, you know, we call it a black tax part of the black tax code. Um uh, and there's just one of the things that as a black person in certain positions, you just cannot, you know, get outside of the the parameters of procedural dynamics in the culture. And uh, yeah, I know he's the only black president right now that the country has had. But do you feel like he kind of sort of puts more restrictions on himself? Or that he should just be like, yeah, you know, not, I mean, not he, like you have a character, role. but
0: but yeah, he, he, he spoke about that as well. He spoke about that as well. He's like, you know, when the when the person who kind of breaks through and breaks the ceiling, you know, they they, they do have to kind of be a little bit more calculated. Mm-hmm. But he said, you know, to and the people that come behind them can be a little bit more outspoken. So he 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 I think he was aware of that. He he's he's aware of that um, he hasn't been as outspoken or, or as forceful as a lot of people have wanted him to be. Mm-hmm. And he was saying that, you know, with him being the first, that is it's all, it's kind of difficult, um, for you to be that person because, you know, you're, you're just trying to come through the door or whatever, but you know, the second and the third and the fourth, it the, the those people that come through the door, it will be easier for them to be because, you know, it's like building upon something, I'm that's already been there so that's something that he's kind of addressed in the last uh, couple of months or so
1: yeah i just uh there's a couple of cats that i look to because they you know they they in the game a little deeper than i am so it's just a question that they're always asking it's like man you no know, like no disrespect you know cats love obama you know he probably would be a dude that you would want to hang out with you know outside of political stuff and you know the brother was cool. He was real chill. You know what I mean? He took a lot of that stuff on the chin like a champ. And for that, you know, we're going to always have a, a, a place in our heart for him culturally. But, you know, with anything, you know, just always got to be watching. You know, could he have done it? Well, can he? Can he? Can he? Can he? Can he? Can he now use his social capital to do a little bit more? Like, again, he ain't got to get out of character. And start, you know, talking different and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, can he get out there and say, hey, man, maybe, you know, defund the police ain't such a bad idea. Because, you know, just that's the only thing I can think of right now. But, you know, just one of the social topics right now that's going on. Because um, I see he trying to throw shade. Um, he had a tweet this week where he was trying to throw shade talking about... Uh, how uh it was it must it, it feels great to be able to come on Twitter and share my thoughts and feelings with people that I think <laughs> would yeah. or would not agree with me and that it's a nice place to just hang out and meet nice people. So, you know, yeah. that was him throwing shade. But you know what I mean, like can we get a little bit more of that? You know what I mean? Just I don't know. That's yeah. just something I always think about. And, and I, was, I, I, I get I get his position is pretty tough, huh? Yeah.
0: I was going to mention the same thing um that Kendro mentioned in the, in the chat about um the yeah, Jackie yeah. Robinson cuz he yeah. cuz yeah. um Barack Obama actually mentioned um the Jackie Robinson situation. Right. Because like um just kind of give you a little bit of a background of it. Jackie Robinson was not the best Nope. um Negro Leagues baseball player. Nope. As stats but,
1: will now show yeah. since the MLB has included <laughs> the Negro League stats into the record books.
0: Yeah. And so they were looking for, you know, a baseball player, but they were looking for somebody who would be able to handle the pressure themselves mm-hmm. and, and withstand, uh, you know, the, the, the hate and abuse and attack that they were going to receive. Right. Or whatever, And, you know, and, and Jackie Robinson handled that part of it, you know, just as the as on, the, on, the, on the baseball field. Mm-hmm. And so, um, it's good that, you know, can draw bought that point up? Cause I was going to bring it up and Barack Obama alluded to that same point as well Is that, you know, when you're the first, you know, there's a certain way that you have to conduct yourself and all and everything that you endure or whatever, but the people behind you, um, you take it. So the people behind you won't have to do that. And they'll be able to kind of be a little bit more looser and freer in how they approach things. So.
1: True, true, true. Great point guys. Those are, those are both valid points. Because it does take a certain constitution to deal with the onslaught of white violence. Let's get into the topic of white violence. You know what I mean? Because, you know, white violence be out here white violencing. <laughs> you, you feel me? Like, white violence don't take a break, boy. White violence don't be taking a break. I don't know. Because my computer being my computer. You know what, dog? When we hit episode 50, though. we're going to start a Patreon, you though. Think, you think we got enough to start a Patreon? You think we can do it? Where's yeah, that man. Plans? I mean,
0: these talents, you know. Some got to pay for all this.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's true, <laughs>
0: true, 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 true.
1: Hey, man, what y'all think? Man, you think we should start a Patreon? I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I got I to gotta get out of some other situations so that this can be something I do full time. All right, here we go is january 6th 2021 america being america again is january 6th of 2021 america just being america like is this just par for the course should we be surprised should we be like oh no should we be like ah these people are crazy or should we just be like yep that's white people gonna white people uh, my answer will, of course, be no. Just like I uh, said with the Vernon Dahmer story, uh, history to- told me that that is not the truth. Uh, this is not a new phenomena. This isn't something that is abhorrent to American history. Plus, you you have anything specific you want to chime in with? Because I, I kind of...
0: um, I mean... As I said, I think historically, this is, um, you know, you, you, you go back to the to the Civil War and things of that nature. Anytime um, privilege or entitlement is threatened, um, you know, this is kind of the results of it, you know, coming to a head. And you sent me, you know, a couple of uh, news pieces today or podcasts or stories or whatever mm-hmm. to where this is not a, um, this was not like a, Hey, let's let's show up and see what happens. So this was a uh, calculated, um, well planned and well organized um, event. This that that was in place before the election even took place. Mm-hmm. Because what they said, what hours after the election they were already um, they already had examples of how um, of you know of saying, hey, it was rigged. I mean, but he's been forty five has been saying this. Um, during his campaigning that oh it's it's gonna be rigged, it's gonna be rigged, it's gonna be rigged. So I mean, as I said, this is not just uh um a few tyrant people that got out of hand. No, this was this was an uprising of um, you know, that's been in in the making in the year uh, for years of this uh cult like behavior to where um you know one person has been able to uh dominate an entire you know group of people right into believing. and believing and what's crazy is that i mean honestly I, I think he did it just to raise money for himself yeah, i think he, that was yeah uh, I, I think that was his motivation behind it but then people like took it something else because he raised over 200 million dollars off of this like that's what's that's the crazy part about it that he could just go sit up and and chill and and, and sit back with
1: with well, a so, nice little scheme what what uh, what trips me out is we had Reuters or Reuters, depending on how you want to pronounce it. That's the uh, news outlet talking about how they expect violence as far back as October nine. You had the Brookings Institute talking about how they expect violence as far back as November. Uh, no, October third, no September third. We have tons of news outlets talking about how they expect violence based on the information that they, all the law enforcement agencies was collecting throughout social media and just hearing stuff from other platforms. We expect people, they excuse me, everybody expected violence to come. Now, when and how it would show up, that was up in the air. They expected it to be on election day. And then some people expected it to be in a manner that, you know, they could probably maintain, like dealing with the Proud Boys because that's the small group. But then the Brookings Institute had a specific ingredient in the violence that they was expecting that they said if this ingredient is more influential than it has been, they don't know how to deal with the violence that they're expecting to see. And guess what that was? Trump being Trump. They said they knew all the history. They saw all the chatter about people feeling like they need to get up and do something and that they were expecting violence. But they were saying they didn't know how they were going to deal with it if Trump got in and started inciting more violence than what they were expecting because he was a wild card. They didn't know whether he was going to be just out and out stoking the flames or not, which also leads me to believe these crackers knew he was unhinged For a while. And not just political opposition to Trump. It's just people that are just doing their professional job of reporting facts. Reuters and the Brookings Institute, very esteemed and prestigious uh, publications that were talking about, hey, we know something coming down the pike. There's tons of chatter on the interwebs, but we don't know how bad it's going to be because we don't know how crazy Trump going to get and trying to stoke the violence. Like, you know, his narcissistic nature, his his ego. I mean, like we know, we know he's just doing it for money, but let's also not skip over the fact that it was all about a power grab. I mean, he probably has a raging heart on when he sees these guys out here being all excited and willing to go to jail, willing to die in the name of defending something that his name is attached to. And, uh, I want to make sure people know that this isn't the first time this has happened in American history and Trump isn't a new breed or new strain of this electoral violence. Cause that's pretty much what the show is. Um, I mean, that's what January 6th was. It was another instance of white, fragile supremacist, egos being hurt by the idea that they're going to lose something. I don't know what it is they think they're going to lose. Well, we do know, but it's power. It's affluence. It's money. It's this imaginary superiority over other races if these elections go against what they want to happen. So in the case of the Vernon Dahmer story, Hattiesburg, Mississippi, in the 60s, you just got your right to vote four years prior to that. And you already think something bad is going to happen if they vote, not that black people going out to kill anybody to exact revenge, to, to try to rape any white women, to try to steal any money from white people, to keep money from sharecroppers that they were working for. It's just that they were going to vote. And what happened? This frail notion that white culture and whiteness Even if you're a black person, let's not forget, even if you're a black person or a Spanish person or a Haitian person or a Jamaican person, you can support whiteness, which means that however white people decide to live culturally is the best way to live. And so the KKK and some other government officials, which is like the mayor and a couple cops, they decided to murder this man for helping black people get registered to vote. Not that they even showed up. He was just helping them register pledge. I mean, we wouldn't even talk about voter turnout. It's just registration to vote. They murdered this man for that. And we have instance after instance after instance. This is, what what trips me out, I think, more than anything, is that a lot of people just assume this stuff happens only in the southern United States. And it's a weird it's a weird feeling because we usually get this idea that regions of the united states are worse than the other or you know the racism in the north is different than the racism in the south or less painful or whatever i, I don't know but uh in my little brief research on this we've got ohio pennsylvania and of course oklahoma but you know that's a real popular story but we had this the same exact thing happen all across the country as early as the 1900s um Definitely in the 1860s, but in Pennsylvania specifically, you had a a, um, a group of African Americans and some benevolent white folk that wanted to get in and start an abolitionist society or academy, where they would just resurrect a hall and a place that you can go and study and you know do do research on the freedom struggle and abolitionist history that had taken place up until that point. Now, that ain't even got nothing to do with voting rights. It took them years to build that with, with public funds and donations. And then you had a group of white supremacists come and burn it down in one night. Like, we got stuff as simple. This is how you know this they're full of shit. In Ohio, there was an academy for black girls. It was just a, a black school for black girls to go off to this school and try to learn, you know, I guess we call it like an elitist type of thing because basically it's like one of them schools is like the best of the best, right? And you, mm-hmm. you sent your kids there, your daughters there, and, you know, they went in to learn. I'm, I'm trying to get the name here, but you sent them there, and it was a, it was like a boarding school for very, very intelligent, you know, black girls. Now, what is it so bad? About just having a school where really smart black girls can go to learn. What's what's so scary about that? I don't understand it. I mean, I do, but I was talking with my dad. I Man, this this is literally like a spiritual disease. Though. Like you're demonic. You're a demon at this point. Cause ain't no amount of research can help you understand. When people get introduced to information, they still don't accept that. Oh dang, I was wrong. I should change. You know how many ministers was that the, the January 6th Capitol storming? You know how many cats saw black people that were just there to do photojournalism to just, you know, document what was going on. And it pulled the, the black photojournalist over. It was like, brother, let me pray with you. Brother, I understand what it's like to be a black person and all this crazy stuff. And the photojournalist, one dude named Mel D. Cole on Instagram, if you want to follow him. He was talking about how, like, weird it was that this one dude, obviously a Trump supporter, because he was a Trump supporter, wanted to pray with him and wanted to talk to him about what he thought was happening. And the dude was, like, being, like, real nice. And he was, like, the man, the dude was real polite, had a warm personality. But he's, like, nigga, I know what you're here to do. <laughs> but it was weird to him because he was, like, man, it, it was a real civil conversation. You know what I mean? It, to be able to like operate in that, in in two ways, um,
0: and, and and that's one reason why they why why they say it's a, a mob mentality because mm-hmm. people will do things in mobs that they wouldn't necessarily do or um, on their own, you know. And, and people get in these you know situations to where, um, and and I'm not trying to excuse any behavior at all. Believe right, me, I'm right. not I'm not trying to justify or, or excuse anything. But what I'm trying to say is that. The way people act individually is different when they get together and they're riled up and they get a fire. They get a fire pregame speech. Yeah, I'm talking about (laughs) a pregame speech better than saving on give tomorrow for the national championship game. (laughs) They get a fire pregame speech. It's like Winston Churchill's
1: uh, doppelganger, evil doppelganger.
0: First, first the son gave a, a pregame speech talking about a fight. You gonna be a hero or a zero? Hero or saying? zero, baby.
1: Which one are you gonna look at? Which one are you want to be in the annals of history?
0: <laughs> if you scared, say you scared. Yeah, you don't don't
1: come over here because we finna go bust some heads. <laughs> no.
0: And then and then um I mean as I say forty five just you know just took him on home or whatever and that adrenaline got got pumping and so. Uh, and He was like, "We gonna go," and then it's like he
1: went with the Secret Service. <laughs> he left. He like, "I'm gonna be with y'all. Be with y'all." You saw the video where he was, uh, when he made that little last statement. He like, "I'm gonna be with y'all," and then the yeah. crowd just got like super hyped. You think they was mad? He was hiding in the bunker, <laughs> watching it on TV. You didn't see the video clip where they was hiding in the bunker, like this like makeshift bunker, but they were sitting there chilling. But it was they had all these TVs, monitoring everything, and they had music. And food catered been for cater. they were just sitting there drinking and watching. I was like, hey. these white people really don't love state shit. Like, the amount of evil that I keep telling people I talk to about this, you know how many people got pregnant? you know how many people got pregnant on January sixth, twenty twenty one? In the oh, the, 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 the great image? area of DC? They just knew they was done changing. Huh? Just they was just so happy. Like, the bonding. I I used to read these uh, stories, these accounts of uh, the colonial American uh, church revivals they used to have. You know, it wasn't like a lot of industrialized uh, spaces and stuff. So, people just be out in the woods all the time. And These had these big old camp meetings where people would send their kids from around the country to go to these revivals. So I'm in his history class one year at uh USF and the book that I was reading had a chapter dedicated to the amount of pregnancies that used to come out of these camp revivals that was supposed to be like these spiritual retreats. But it was like, man, you know I'm the girl I should just write home about how they got pregnant? Oh, I I feel like January 6th is going to have the same amount of babies pop up out of it. And coronavirus cases. <laughs> Pop up out of as it's a result. On yeah, like I mean, if their mama's on ain't September in jail.
0: September twenty twenty
1: one. Yeah. Hey, real quick, the uh, the school uh, was in Cincinnati, and the name of the excuse me it was in New Hampshire. It was called the Noise Academy, N O Y E S, and uh, it got burnt down in eighteen thirty three. This is how crazy they are. Check this out. After they burnt the joint down, thank God most of the girls got out, but uh, after they burnt it down, a writer in the Canter- in Canterbury, Canterbury, Connecticut, wrote, The colored people can never rise from their menial condition in our country. They ought not be permitted to rise here. That is the root thinking of all of these idiots and maniacs and demons that showed up January 6, 2021, to the U.S. Capitol, to murder, to hang, to get mob justice, a.k.a. pull them out of wherever they are and kill them in the name of this election.
0: Yeah. And I mean, and, and one thing that kind of uh, that kind of comes to mind is that you look at the institutions that they go after um, in, the, in the two stories that you provided today. Mm-hmm. One was a gentleman that was trying to um, get people to help people register to vote. So they go after, they go after voting. In the story in uh, Cincinnati, Ohio, they go after education.
1: Mm-hmm. They go
0: after the two things that they know are going to make the biggest impact on people's lives. Voting and education. And we saw that this week, how how big of an impact voting can make once we organize and we and we work together. And so I think that's one thing that we have to pay attention to is what are these people going after the most or whatever because they're going after these things because they know that if people exercise their right to vote if people educate themselves and become smarter and enrich their lives or whatever that is what will give us power and that is what will help us pull ourselves forward and so we kind of have to you know um you know to to to, to go against um, what they're fighting we kind of have to enthrall ourselves in, in those in those avenues of, of, you know, educating ourselves and of uh, Georgia was a wonderful example this week of, of organizing and voting. So because what people try to take down is what they feel is the biggest threat to them. Right. And this is an example of, of what they see as threats to their um to their privilege and entitled existence.
1: Well, what do you think about? Uh, I agree. Great point. I want to transition to this this next idea inside topic number one. What do you think about how everybody knew the violence was coming or the violent intentions? You know, it might not have been physically violent, but it was definitely going to be emotionally violent, especially with all the news reports. But that part where everybody in the news reports were saying, we just don't know how... Bad Trump is gonna make the people behave. What do you think about that? That one particular part, like we know they're mad, we know they're upset. They can protest. They gonna show up, and they saying they're gonna show up with guns and all this stuff. But as I s- sent you in that podcast, people just kept like feeding off of what Trump was telling them. What, what you what you think about just not being able to account for how crazy he was?
0: I mean, I think it, I, I think that. Leadership and the tone of leadership is is, is strong, and I I, th- I think back um, I think back to uh, when John McCain when he lost to Barack Obama, and he was giving his concession speech, and people in the crowd were you know yelling and and saying stuff or whatever, and John McCain was like, hey no 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 y'all 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 hold that down or whatever I lost he won or whatever that's what it's going to be or whatever, and then all of a sudden everybody in the crowd. Literally, just shut up, because they're like, if the dude who lost is, you know, kind of saying, "Hey, you know, you know, let's tone it down or whatever." Mm-hmm. That's leadership. Mm-hmm. I'm saying, even though you know he w- he was, you know, he, you know he was on the Republican side and stuff like that or whatever. People can, you know, say how they feel about that or whatever. But that's leadership. And right. as I said, you can have a hundred, a thousand, you know, however many people who have, you know, have this dissenting opinion of something or whatever. But if the person that they that they look up to or the leader says, hey, y'all cut that out, I'm saying. Right. And and it's not just and it's, and it's not just 45 and his it's it's the entire um, party that sat back and and let him run amok of the Republican Party. It really is. I mean, you have a lot of people that enabled him and that they did not try to um censor her, censor him or cut him off one bit because him because he um helped their chances of being reelected because he helped their political asp- aspirations that's why they that's why they were willing that's why they weren't willing to go against him that's why they weren't willing to say hey man go sit down dude like cut cut that out man like it ain't right they're like oh well his ba- if i get his base to vote for me or whatever that ensures that I'll have a job down the line. Now that he's damaged goods, now they're trying to jump ship because they're like, "Oh, I don't want to be associated with him because now you know of of, of what it is now." So I think it it really showed people's uh, true intentions of what they're really all about. Um, you know that the fact that they allowed this to go on as long as it did, and now that he's damaged goods, now they're like, "Oh well," like people resigning uh, ten days before your job before your job got <laughs> run up. Right, like, I mean, so I I think it, when I say leadership, it's not just um, forty five leadership, but just the party's leadership and how they have allowed you know um, stuff like this to, to 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 manifest with him being unchecked pretty much for four years because they were scared to go against him because they know one he gonna call you out like <laughs> you gonna really know how he feel about you um, you know once you once you oppose him. And, um, you know, they knew that they would get called out in two. they knew that they would lose votes um, from their constituents if um, if they no longer had his support. And he held and he held that over their head. He held that over everybody's head. Anytime you went against him, he'll be like, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send one of my people to, 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 to run against you. That's yeah. what he was saying uh, with the governor in Georgia. He was like, all right, wait till the next election or whatever. I'm going to send somebody who has my support and they're going to run against you.
1: What you think? Uh, I agree with everything you're saying because it's certainly been the playbook he's used. But what about this idea? Because you brought up John McCain, right? And yeah. God bless, you know, wish the lessons of life on him. Hopefully, he's where he wants to be now. Um, you brought up John McCain, and I, I like I like that example because it it's an example of people doing a damn job, even yeah. when it's not convenient even when it's not self-serving, right? That's a man that was losing. That's a man that, you know, maintained bureaucratic culture. He was extremely statesman or stately. And yeah. he was like, listen, even though I want to win, I'm losing. This ain't the time or place for you to start calling somebody out their name. Cause you know, this is America and we don't do that here. And, uh, What should we expect to have happen to the aiders and abettors, the enablers of Donald Trump who refuse to do their professional, like your job is to execute the will of the people and as in as much as the constitution and Senate law permits you to do so, not to prop up somebody that's going to get you more power, more money, that you don't wanna have a verbal spat with. Because you wouldn't go get arrested. No. You you yeah, I mean you wouldn't I mean unless you just was doing something behind the scenes that he was just gonna flat out tell on you for. But what what he was gonna do? Have some people show up to the airport to harass you while you walk into the terminal, like they did Lindsey Graham? You gonna have security. I mean, at least while you're in office, that is. I mean, is it that they were afraid of the backlash, or is it that they just wanted to be a part of the the winning team and get in what they you know get in where they fit in
0: into i think I think it's both I think they wanted to be a part of the winning team, but they also um wanted to keep their jobs they wanted to keep their positions and that's the thing if somebody tells if 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 people have seen examples of where somebody has Um, opposed uh, 45 Mm -hmm. and he has one uh, verbally going after the person and then two, he's removed his support for that person and people have seen to where that has cost them an election. People have seen other people lose elections because they no longer had his support. That is, you know, that will cause people to fall in line. They're going to be like, all right, was me coming out against him really worth me losing my job? Is Is it really worth me losing this this power that i have and so, nice. it's, this, so it's it's a gut check yeah um you know, I mean and it's and certainly a gut check people's true alliance
1: yeah I, I i i would love to see how many you know people felt like they were going to lose their job cuz i mean Leffler and Purdue, they they turned and was like oh you know we support trump too so you know it didn't work out for them particularly but we yeah. also know that this was an extraordinary feat of organization at the ground, the grassroots organization. And you were talking about, you know, the big rich folk coming down from D.C. and around the country. But this was an incredible example of grassroots organization taking place. Uh, You see, like, the exit polls were saying even more people turned out from the 18 to 29 age group for this election than in the November election. I was like, Jesus. So... You know,
0: yeah. and and that's the thing is that um I know I was I was you know looking up stuff or whatever about the Leffler, um, and and I, th- I think the 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 thing that kind of had me intrigued about it was the fact that she owned a WNBA team, yeah, and things of that nature. And I was I I heard something this week to where her players were shocked that she aligned herself with 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 forty five because they're like up until the point you know. Like she, you know, I treated them very well. Like you know, had them in her house, and yeah. you know, was exposing them to things. And they you still know, didn't like her. Them.
1: But huh? they still didn't like her. They still wanted her to be removed.
0: But you know what I'm saying? No, I'm saying before all this political stuff came into play. Yeah. Oh, okay,
1: okay, okay, <laughs> before okay. Before all this
0: political stuff in the, came into play, she was, you know, there was no animosity between her and the, in the, you know, the team, really, in her players or whatever. But then all of a sudden, she's trying to win an election. And she has to align herself with forty-five, and people are like, "What?" <laughs> you know, and then all of a sudden, you know, the stuff about uh, Black Lives Matter, you yeah, know, her Black problem, Lives Matter stuff like that, or whatever. Hey, man, and what? So, oh, go ahead. And so, from 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 what I was able to gather from that was that you know she chose her alignment with him over her maybe even her, her a constituency.
1: Like yeah. these are the people that are supporting you. Now, I. Yeah. I, I even if it's not, because you know she wasn't elected. You know she was placed there due to somebody else, you know, yeah. seat being vacated. You didn't have to run. No, nah, she didn't have to do no political She didn't have to stage. run
0: originally, but when she did have to run, she, she had to align herself with with a with a certain person or whatever. And that's when everybody, because they said the, the players felt that she was a different person once she had once she started to run for election. And, then, and you that's know what? Her true, you know what that's coming uh, from. Came out.
1: But you know, you know what. What is coming from and why did I say you say you got to keep your eyes open can't trust them what I, what I want because you know I'm really trying to get into the machine as much as I can to figure out how the stuff works on the ground and what I'm yeah. hearing a lot from a lot of different sources and a lot of different places is that white people are not worth the pandering and the shoe footing or the soft-shoeing, because when you do that, they're not going to change their viewpoints from, you know, either being a conservative person to, you know, a centrist or a leftist or a progressive person, because a lot of, yeah, like it's not worth the investment in trying to pander to them and trying to change who you are so that you can make them comfortable, right? And so the Kelly Leffler thing that you're talking about, speaks to this notion that, you know, Dr. Greg Carr shares every week on this in classes with Carr YouTube series. Catering to the white vote, I mean you you, you basically gotta be racist. I mean let's all men are speaking, you just gotta be racist. You gotta use racist dog whistles, all that kind of stuff. You gotta align yourself culturally with them. But it's so few of them that it's not worth it. And what we gotta watch out for now that we have complete control of the White House, Congress, and uh, the Senate is the pandering to these imaginary white folk that don't want us to do things like have Medicare for all, Green New Deal, uh, reparations, uh, you know, free college, uh, federal legalization of marijuana, expunging the records, all those things that would benefit the entire country because it would give everybody a leg up especially with the uh the wealth inequality i mean why are you constantly losing 18 20 trillion dollars to be racist you mean so you know all the all the pundits and the, the strategists and the campaign advisors that i'm i'm listening to saying people have to stop trying to align themselves with this imaginary white america that is so small and insignificant and racist that you're actually harming America's aspirations and movement forward back to this exceptional status, back to this top tier number one status, back to this economic democratic superpower or beacon that we haven't been in the, the, the position of for at least 30 years. Because everything right now that's happening is white supremacists and ruling elite. Panda, 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 right? And it's not working. Like, the country's suffering as a whole because of it. Like, look at the pandemic. We shouldn't be in this position because of the pandemic. We shouldn't be in this position. Why don't we Why didn't we use the playbook? Because we just didn't want a black man to get credit for coming up with a playbook to help us efficiently deal with the pandemic. That has nothing to do with American uh, values and pride. Like it it has nothing to do with anything. It's just that they don't want a person that's not a part of white male culture to get credit for doing anything. And that's that's where white supremacy is, not because they think they're the best. It's that they think everybody else should serve them and anything that doesn't work in serving of them has to be done away with, as with the pandemic playbook. We're all suffering now because of the pandemic playbook being thrown out because a white supremacist thought it was a bad idea for a black man to get credit for doing something that helped everybody. This, this is how white supremacy works. It only serves, since the beginning of time, the white men that own property and businesses. And I ain't talking about small businesses. Big businesses and property. If you were not a part of that very, 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 very small club of people, it was like, fuck you. And when they needed your help, they pandered to you and gave you this fake, false sense of camaraderie that made you get out there and fight for them. Trump don't give a damn about them people that was out there on uh, January 6th. Everybody knows that except for them. Isn't that weird? These are people that are physicians, professors. (laughs) These are smart people. But because they so riled up in this. Everybody that's not a white man should be beneath me and serving me. They were able to get got and not even to go to jail. Hopefully, for being stupid. So, um, like the the, the fellow that took the the Nancy Pelosi's podium. Yes, this thing got a psychology degree. You know, he he should know better than <laughs> to fall victim to the mind games. It. You know what I mean? But but. Because he's just so wrapped up in the the notion that I'm a white man. Everything else should serve me, including white women. Everything else should serve me and what I want and what I deserve and what I belong to. He's willing to lose his life or social standing. His freedom. His freedom. This This is how crazy it is. And you know what's sad? I want to caution everybody that's listening that might listen in the future. Don't become a black person. That is so obsessed with personal wealth and status that you end up adopting the same behavior patterns and habits as these white supremacists. But we got to watch out. There's a lot of black people out here that they don't want to end oppression. They just want to become the oppressor. It's a lot of people like that. So, yeah, Michael Jordan. It's
0: like you, you, you hate it because you're not a part of it.
1: Yeah, like.
0: As soon as you
1: have a chance to be a part of it, you're like, oh, okay. Well, yeah, I'm, oh, 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 yeah, That's what we're doing. Uh, yeah, stop saying defund the police. I said that right. That's one of my frat brothers. uh he and my brother, but a fraternity member. Uh, I think Congressman Vernon Jones, this dude out here pandering so hard in Georgia trying to get, get accepted into the club. Um, yeah, I was
0: wondering how, how Vernon's week was this week. I mean.
1: He he just came out and it was like he officially wants to become a part of the GOP. And I hate that phrase government official party. That
0: is not
1: what they are. Just like Dallas Cowboys are not America's team.
0: Or the great old party.
1: No, it's uh government official party. But either way, it's not it's not true. You know what I mean? It's not. Stop falling victim to marketing, y'all. Just like the Cowboys are not America's team. That's just good marketing from the seventies and the high in a highlight reel. So uh let's see, Jesus Christ told I told the same thing to this guy the other day. True. Just reading comments, guys, trying to catch up. We're going to move on to the second topic. But you got anything else you want to inject into that? Uh, But with that history that people can't shake yet, they are sick. This is fact. Wally, there is no history of white people being superior to people. Every time in history that we see where black people or any group that isn't a white man that owns a big business is given a chance to fairly compete, white people lose. Just like in Wilmington, North Carolina in 19, I think it was 1919, where blacks were finally allowed to hold elected office and they ran, and then the whole town (laughs) became run by black people when they had a fair and equal election. It's not that black people was like, oh, now we're going to kill all the white people that had us in slavery 40 years ago. That's not what happened. They just ran and won. And made it to the American House of Representatives and the Senate. And they burned the joint down. So, where in history can we point to as white people, when competing fairly with other folks, are better than somebody else? It's not a real thing. If you even go back to England, half of them was living outside on the, on the unpaved ground with mud and dysentery. They had a life expectancy like 35. Yeah, because
0: I mean, they didn't go to war with the Indians;
1: they they tricked them. Yeah, like sickness. Come on, man! Like the Indians felt so bad. See, this 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 is why I kind of like what happened on January sixth because it's making everybody come together. And what's happened in this last election cycle is also helping people come together from different ethnic groups. Um, the indigenous people that were here in this place we now call America saw these white folk come here and these white folk got here and was like, oh, this is our property. And the indigenous people were like, what? What you talking about? And why you look so thin? You all right, brother? And they was like, no, this is our property. And they were like, okay, I mean, the land belongs to everybody, but okay, but you, you show you're all right? You look like you about to pass out. You look sick. It's like, no, we own this property. Get off our property. They was like, all right, cool, but nigga, you need to eat. Like you, you look like you' about to die. Do you hear? We have food because the land is plentiful enough for everybody to eat. Here's some food. Don't die, white man, being crazy. As soon as they fed and helped the people survive and taught them how to eat and survive in this land, they started taking the land. Now, if white people got treated the same way they treat other people, they'd have died off a long time ago. That ain't. That's not me being some kind of false narrative. I mean, they couldn't even farm the own land that they stole from the indigenous people in the place that we call America, because their bodies couldn't handle the tropical climate and they was dying off. We didn't tell them to farm the land that they stole.
0: And here's another thing. Their rallying cry is the Confederate flag, which is a representation of a war that they lost.
1: Let's let's take it even a step further. Now this okay, this is gonna be a bit mean, but I really wanna say this. The only reason they made the stars and stripe the bar, stars and bars flag, cause it was too dumb to tell the difference between they flag and the opposition flag on the battlefield. So they had to make a new flag. Cause they kept getting confused <laughs> about which flag was the one that <laughs> they were supposed to follow on the battlefield. Like, come on, uh this is this is are these people the supreme race of the planet? They like can't even tell a, a flag apart from the other flag?
0: That's just like the quarterback saying, coach, I don't know which uniform our team is wearing. That's why I keep throwing interceptions. That's I mean.
1: All right, son. You know what? You right. Because, you know, you if you can't tell, I know can't nobody else tell. So we're going to make a completely separate uniform. What? <laughs> that's the best of your best? Come on, man. This, this is where we at. But anyway, hey, man, ain't no you know, in a white history that puts them above anybody else. The only reason we learn so much of their stuff is because we're in a system that is in the shadows of the British Empire. Had we been living in the 1300s, you probably would have been in Spain where it was run by black people and Africans, or living in an African empire where you could bathe and get street lights and free education. i mean come on let's let's be honest this ain't exactly the the bestest of the bestest group of people we talk about here uh anyway, let's move on to the next topic man let's see uh um, I want everybody to know that what just happened. And what is going to probably going to happen on the 17th and the 20th is not our business. It's not our fight. We should keep watch over it because it teaches us who we need to be leery of in the coming months, years of this next administration. Because if justice isn't served. We'll know who to blame, who to watch out for and to remove next year in twenty twenty two. Uh, so as stated here In the graphic what are black folk To do now What you got Pledge
0: Um, I'm going to kind of give you a curveball What's up In this situation of What are we supposed to do now from what we learned this week Is we're supposed to Take the example of what Georgia did on Tuesday We're supposed to organize And get together And collectively vote that's the takeaway that i um, I'm going to use of what we learned from this week in history is that that's how we make the ultimate lasting statement uh, and it's, it's not just voting when we mm-hmm. come together, we organize, mm-hmm. we have a, a plan and a strategy, and we execute on that. that's how we can have a lasting impression on things. so um I knew this question was coming, and I was like, "How can I just throw this curveball in it, and that's it. <laughs>
1: Man, let's 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 get into it, because that's exactly what I was going to say. Um, I was going to add some, oh, okay. little, some nuances to it, but that's exactly it. Um, don't stop organizing. Don't turn your eyes away from local organizations that are out here trying to get stuff done on the ground. It's, it's something we've been preaching a lot here. Um, just because the election is over, it doesn't mean you stop participating. This doesn't mean that you stop lending your talents, gifts, time, money to organizations that are continuing to do the things that are necessary for us to have the communities and environments that we all want. So that's the kind of stuff you need to be thinking about on January 20th. In the interim between now and the next 10 days, watch your ass. Because if you're in an area like I am and you step outside of it too far, or if you step outside of Tampa too far and end up in Plant City, somewhere like that, or Clearwater, where some of these crazy folk that was in the Capitol on Wednesday are living. Or if you're in L.A., like this sister that was just trying to get home and ran up against one of these group of Trump supporters, you might find yourself in an environment where talking ain't going to be no good. And uh, it's not to say that you guys should be afraid, it's that you should be aware and leery of how crazy these people, these demons are acting and behaving right now. They are incensed, which means they are pissed the fuck off about Trump being kicked off all of these uh, websites and social media apps, and they are saying that they're going to do something bigger and bloodier and scarier on the 20th. Now,
0: and, and be careful. And let me add some context real quick. Yeah. Is that as black people coming up, we're used to taking L's. Like that's something we can we can generally bounce back from and right, right. What we're learning about. Right. But these certain groups of people, they're not used to losing anything, especially something, you know, as is, is high stakes as this. Yeah, they might be used to losing a football game or something like that, but they're not used to taking L's like this. No. They're not used man. to taking monumental L's that could be a huge crush and blow to their ego. So this is new territory for them. Right. And so they do not know how to react right now. So let's just add that to, to add some context to that right now.
1: Well, their emotional intelligence is very low. As we've seen, they're emotional dummies. And the only thing they think to do is what they accuse black people of doing, and that's being violent. This small group of people, well, I ain't gonna say small group because it's, it's big enough to be a problem. 75 million people supported this kind of thinking, but this group of people, they don't know anything other than violence, and, and thievery, and lying and deception. And you have to be prepared to one, avoid, two, gather with people that have your interest at heart, or you just gotta expect the worst. Because as evidence with the young lady that was out in LA, just trying to make it home from work, she had nothing to do with anything, just making her way home from work. And they just attacked her for nothing. Like, they don't have a rhyme or reason for what they're doing. I mean, again, we, we can reverse engineer the ideology, but it's not that they're picking anything that attacked them. Nobody's bothering them. Like, dude, you got people out here already talking about don't give me no stimulus check. Why? Why Why do you have to say don't give you a stimulus check? Why do you have to come out in opposition of a stimulus check? That makes no logical sense. If you're just all about your paper and somebody gave you extra money, how is that offensive? It, it doesn't make logical sense. But to them, culturally, they feel like they're being attacked, their way of life is being attacked. And what actually that is a signal to they think that people that are not white men that are white supremacists are going to have a chance to compete with them fairly. And that's what we should be thinking about moving forward. After January 20th, find out who your House of Representative, your your congressional district member is, find out how to get in contact with them, call them, pressure them. Share some tweets, some posts about removing the filibuster from the Senate. Uh, that's not constitutional. It's not a thing that's in the Constitution. If you guys aren't aware, well, please, you want to explain the filibuster because I don't want to drone on. But
0: um, I honestly, I don't, I don't know it in depth to to kind of explain or to break it down. So all
1: right, uh, I don't I ain't again no no Senate, uh. Procedure expert, but um this filibuster is <clears throat> it's a tool that allows people in the Senate to disagree and freeze votes and make it harder and take longer for certain policies to become law, right, so we know that the Congress is split into two parts: you have the House of Representatives that has four hundred and thirty five people, and then you have the Senators. That's just 100 people that, although they're not more powerful, but because they're split up into six committees and they're split in the sides, Democrats and Republicans and all that wonderful stuff, they tend to have more say-so on things that makes it look like they're more powerful, right? And so if you're talking about the $2,000 stimulus that everybody really wants to go out to the American people and you get the bill through the House of Representatives and then it goes up to the Senate, the Senate has the power to say, no, we don't want to allocate the funds necessary to give out the stimulus. Well, the filibuster gives people in the Senate the opportunity to, one, say that even if the, there's a vote, there's again, there's 100 people in the Senate. If there's 52 people that are approving of the $2,000 $2, stimulus, the filibuster says, no, you have to have 60 people agree to the stimulus it used to say you have to have 67 people agree to the stimulus package but if we remove the stimulus package we can get a, a house majority a senate majority vote where it's just a simple majority it can be 51 people to 49 people instead of 60 people to 40 so
0: and right now there's 51 in, in office with the new with what happened on, on tuesday so
1: yeah there, there's a uh there's a democratic sen- senator that made the gaffe of saying that he's not in support of everyone receiving a stimulus package of $2,000. $2, and what that tells us is, okay, we need to pay attention to this man. I think his name is James Manson. James Manson, Mansion. He is against the stimulus check going out the way it did and to who it did in the last two iterations. So as black folk, we need to do this. Find out if this senator is up for re-election on the 20, uh, uh, in the 2022 election cycle, find out who lives in his district and his state, because it's state. if you're a senator, you got a state. Find out who lives in his state and contact as many people as you can in that state to vote against him and to organize against him. We just saw how Stacey Abrams gave us the playbook. We saw how Helen Butler... Please excuse me, because last week I got this, on Wednesday I got this wrong. Helen Butler of Georgia showed us how we can organize, how Mondale Richardson, Robinson, Mondale Robinson showed us how we can organize on the ground in our state and get elections to go the way that we want them to go. America is now turning into a country that has a majority citizenship that isn't white. And that scares the bejesus out of white supremacists. Instead of them just treating people right, they would rather have everybody oppressed in this mythological hierarchy. It's not a real thing. Not based on any fact. The stuff that you were when you cheated. I mean, if you want to look at examples of that, you can look at Coach Carter. Remember the Titans, 42. I mean, we can just keep naming movie after movie after movie after movie. or you was mad a black person came in and Cause you knew you were gonna start losing, cause he was better than you, and you was mad. Cause when you stopped cheating, you couldn't win. So that's that's the real problem. Stop cheating. Just play the rules fairly and get better. You know what I mean? We had a move called to help, baby. What we'll help you? It's always a magical Negro <laughs> somewhere. So stop, stop. Listen, man. Hey, players, I know you stance on this. I'm not telling you you got to do it. But civil rights activists after civil rights activists after civil rights group after civil rights group believed in arming themselves with weapons just in case somebody ran up on their house. If that's something you believe not in. I'm
0: opposed
1: to. I know because you, know, you got the kids. So I, I completely get kids. that. It, listen, mine I got mine stripped down and broken apart and it's like, if I wanted to put my gun together to shoot it, I had to go in four places in my room. So, it's, it's weird to me, too. But protect yourselves, man. Make sure your family survives until January 20th. Don't be afraid, but don't be stupid, which means put your mask on, socially distance, because this new strain is apparently here in America, and it's way more contagious. You do not know how it's going to affect your personal body. You don't know how it's going to affect the family members of yours, their body don't be out here looking at these conspiracy theories talking about oh well it's equal to the flu no it is not it's 10 times more deadly and you don't know what it's going to do to your body there is no playbook on how this thing affects people's bodies it is not going to affect your body the exact same way it affects somebody else's body don't catch it it's an avoidable disease try your best try your best because as you see, it's getting closer and closer to home and affecting more people that we love. This thing is breaking records daily. 4,000 people died. But let's talk about the people that aren't dying but having lifelong complications as a result of contracting the virus. It ain't just about dying, people. It's about what how, how your quality of life changes. Survive, survive, survive. It is my hope, it is my belief that once the new administration comes in, that we'll start to see a playbook that states can choose to adopt or not that will benefit everybody and help us get this pandemic dealt with faster. We need more vaccines. Please take the vaccine. The Tuskegee experiment wasn't that they injected people with syphilis. They found people who had syphilis and refused to give them the vaccine. Don't be in a situation where you refused... The vaccine, because you're living in an area that doesn't have access to it. It's survive. Let's let's imagine a black future. You can't have a black future if you ain't alive. Not not no black future where you you know you are a bionic man, but you just alive in 2021 or 2023 or 2020 40. Just survive, live, and then so you can have the life you want to live. Don't be ignorant. Stop believing the fake conspiracy theories. We just won three elections in the most one of the most racist parts of the country. We just won three elections. The conspiracy theories are doing you no good. They're not true. That's just like you think you're a white supremacists. There's no such thing as white supremacy. There is no such thing as votes don't matter. There's no such thing as Democrats and Republicans are all the same. They're just weapons like a hammer and a nail. We not I'm not going to fall in love with no hammer. I just needed to build this house. I don't care what to do after that. Politicians, they're not your friends. We ain't telling you to try to marry one. Cause you just love the Democrats so much, man, you got a life you want to live and it's their job to help you get that accomplished. Well said. Hey, that's that on that. Um, I'm a black futurist, afro futurist, a.k.a. I believe in a world where I exist in the future. I believe in a world where black people are allowed to exist in the future and thrive, not just be there, but thrive. Y'all should be mad that you don't see black people in the Jetsons. What's wrong with that? you telling me black people didn't survive The sea flying cars? That's, you know, anyway, that's another show probably do that next week something a little lighthearted afrofuturism I don't know maybe I don't know something fun anyway uh thank you for the fine folks that join us today please like 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 share 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 like share like share like and share and share and like and share and share and like share and share and like, share, and share, and like. please 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 we have eight people here we should have eight likes uh share it if you believe in what we're talking about If you don't want to take the vaccine, that's on you. Just do what you got to do to live. I don't care what you got to do. Live with a high quality life. All right. Uh, Let's see. LA says I did hear from a nurse who's recommending women looking to give birth in the future not to take the vaccine as there is not enough long term research to determine the long term effects on the body. LA, please call Glenn Simmons. L.A., please call Glenn Simmons. Please don't listen to a nurse. Call Glenn Simmons. He's dealing with the coronavirus. He's literally touching it, manipulating it, breaking it down, reconstructing it so that you guys can get the information you need. Guys, please call public health experts to get the information that you need so that we can all get through this together. Just because somebody's a physician or a nurse does not mean they know how to deal with immunology. And virology, which is a virus and your immune system against a virus. Please, please, please call the people that are professionals in dealing with this. Please call them. Please call them. If you guys want to talk to Glenn Simmons, I'll put you in touch with him. He's on Twitter. He'll gladly answer questions. Dr. Harry E. Taylor, he's on Twitter. He'll gladly answer questions. These are black men that grew up in the hood just like we did, that are the members of fraternities just like we are that have black families that got black grandmas on the South side of Chicago and the hood of New York that want to survive and want black people to make it through to the other side of this one pandemic that we're experiencing, please call the people that want to help you guys. Don't be lazy. Don't be lazy. Glenn Simmons, if you want to talk to him, matter of fact, let me give you his Twitter handle. His, his Twitter handle. do do do, do, do. Oh, by the way, they have a, a podcast called Beats Labs and Life. Um, you can listen to that. They regularly discuss how you guys should be behaving among other scientific concepts and principles, not physicians. These guys are virus and immune system researchers and scientists. Dr. Harry E. Taylor is working on a cure for HIV. Glenn Simmons is working on the cure for cancer. Glenn Simmons and Dr. Harry E. Taylor are also working on how to combat the coronavirus. They are literally in the lab as I speak now to you, touching, manipulating, deconstructing, working with the coronavirus and how to beat it. If you want to learn about that kind of stuff, just ask the people. They want to talk to you. Okay. Uh, Dr. Glenn Simmons is on Twitter at Dr. Simmons Jr., Dr. Harry E. Taylor's on Twitter at Harry E. Taylor.
0: They type those in the um, oh in the, yeah, uh, yeah. chat and put in um, their podcast as well. podcast executively produced by uh, yours
1: truly
0: uh, uh, yes I, I mix it for them. yeah executive uh, producer dr harry EP. e taylor's
1: on facebook dr harry e taylor is on facebook he will gladly talk to y'all And listen, man, I know this vaccine history and black people in America is real scary. But there are also a lot of great stories. Smallpox, the vaccine and the administration of the vaccine was created by a slave. Come on now. Like know all your history. Again, Tuskegee experiments were not that they injected us with syphilis. They withheld the cure for syphilis from us. That is what happened to Tuskegee experiments. Okay, So guys, don't you still have to be rational even though you fear the history all right uh let's see disagree pledge they riot when they lose games football hockey hell even little league they used to losing <laughs> i used to respond to different. <laughs> i mean I, okay uh hey la with a hot take thank you for that great perspective. yeah they we appreciate that they, they do be losing a lot of games they even act like that when they win too ain't that crazy Anyway, uh, come on, Peter. Come on. Let's see. Oh, I got, uh... What
0: you got, man? What you, what you got going on this one? Oh, man. I think it was a great show, man. I think we, uh, um, showed a lot of range in this show, you know, with the jokey jokes, um, the serious content, the historical. Uh, knowledge and information as well as um, great perspective on um, the relevant event of this week so um, I think it was a a great show we say thank you to the people who uh, rock with us as always um, and we're interacting and um, you know fueling the content that we were providing so we appreciate it
1: yeah um, I see the post from I'm sorry man yeah we do appreciate you guys thanks for asking these questions um, so we try to make it a family. Ella we put the, the, the phone number you can call in next time man. if you, if you want to call in and you know say something on the, on the air. Um, we appreciate you guys for joining in. The phone number will be listed here to for for you guys to use. And uh, I see exuberant B is asking about a list of people that we can follow and trust for things like purchasing the gun or dealing with the virus. Um, <clears throat> I'm trying to find the, this uh, Guns Right group it's like African American Gun Owners Association or something like that uh, I'll put that in the, the show notes uh, but y'all can google gun, gun black gun clubs um, there's a really big organization that is very good about listing regional and local organizations for you guys to Go support black gun shop owners, black gun training clubs. Cause uh this ain't a new fight that we're dealing with, guys. It's just uh this is the time and space that we exist in. And it might feel new to us. But uh let's do it. Wiley, stop lying. Wiley, too me he called but no answer. Let me see. I ain't see Tommy, he ain't called. Whatever, boy. Anyway, uh Yeah, y'all. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's the show this week, man. I don't want to hold y'all up no further. We're doing an hour and 30 at this point. Let y'all enjoy your Sunday. All right? Yeah, Wiley line. Wiley didn't call. Anyway. All right, y'all. Love y'all. Uh, appreciate y'all for joining in. Share this thing. And uh, we'll, we'll catch up with y'all next time.
0: All right. God bless. Peace.